When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by... The Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, plenty to get to. It is the uh, day Trev Alberts uh, was named athletic director at Nebraska, AD number 14 in Lincoln. And uh, Trev will sit down with us, did sit down with us today. So a one-on-one with uh, the Butkus winner, the All-American, the academic All-American. I know, yeah the new athletic director for Nebraska football, can join us today. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-4663776-800-825-5865. can also find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and email chris at hailvarsity.com. So what do you think? As a Nebraska fan, a simple question, complex answer. Depends where you ask, right? Depends what what uh, what fan base you ask. Do you, you, you talk to Husker fans in the early 90s that remember Charlie Ward getting murdered by Trev? Hey, great player. And then you look and, and shift to see, okay, 12 years at UNO. Did some fundraising. Uh, there is long memories and still hurt feelings. Also, in a lot of this state and in Omaha with wrestling and football. Two tough decisions that needed to be made or had to be made uh, financially for UNO. Uh, That has continued to follow him. You look at social media, it's always a hand grenade with the pin pulled, right? Twitter and uh, Facebook. So there's been uh, the the vocal, I don't want to say minority, but the the vocal angst of, of this hire. What do I think of Trev Alberts? I think Trev's a guy that puts his heart on his sleeve, is pretty genuine, and is less of the guy that's Mr. Polish, did ESPN for 100 years, and more of a guy that really does care about Nebraska. I think he's a guy that's going to uh, put every effort, and he talked about trust, he talked about work ethic. Those are two uh, major things that he's all about showing through action versus just lip service. So that's where I'm at with Trev Alberts. Time will tell. Is football going to be successful? That's how he is judged. All right. And is Scott Frost going to be successful? He inherited Scott. What can he do to coach up the coach? That's uh, that's what I'm interested to see. And he had Scott Frost's statement we'll get to in a little bit. Let's hear from Trev Alberts real quick before we hear from Trev Alberts in one hour. I love this place. Um Sorry about that. Didn't know that was going to happen. Um, I, I love the University of Nebraska. And uh, I learned so much as a young man. 
Um, and I've told a lot of people, I've told Coach Osborne this many times, but uh, other than my faith and my family, everything I have today, materially and otherwise, is a result of an opportunity to be a student at the University of Nebraska. And so uh, I don't take this responsibility lightly. Um, I will uh, do everything I can um, to work as hard as I can for this place. More from Trev Alberts uh, now and later. Coming up, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer. Babbers will give us his take on Trev. We'll uh, think about Frank Solich as he is retiring. And also, yes, recruiting to get into. Ben Stilley, he and JoJo Doman are doing a camp on Saturday. That is awesome. Uh, Ben Stilley sat down with Elijah Herbal. Uh, Elijah, you talked with big old number 95. That's coming up in 30 minutes. Trev Alberts in one hour. JoJo Doman uh, right around 530. So uh, when we talk about Trev Alberts, we, we look at him as a player. We look at him as administrator. And listen, the, the, the folks that are that are not in Trev's camp will will soon become Trev Alberts fans if football gets turned around. Right. Because what's missing right now is Nebraska football being uh, the bully they used to be in a good way, a winning program, a team that's going to New Year's Day bowl games, a, a, a team that's in contention for a championship. And, and right now, Trev Albert's job isn't to, 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 to go off on football, it's to help fix football, to give assistance to not just football, but other programs that might, might need some help, might need some direction. He's got to fundraise. He's got to be good with boosters. He's got to be good uh, at listening. And I, you know what? I, I listened to him talk about leadership, sincerity, and honestly, the fact that, that he's going to listen and he doesn't have all the answers. He seems pretty open-minded. He, he seems like he's a guy coming in that has a plan, has had to make tough decisions, has pretty high-level character, and is going to do what's, what's right for the university, for the football program, for whatever needs attention versus uh, selfish choices and a direction for more of a uh, look-at-me moment. Trev's been kind of, I don't want to say behind the scenes. You know, you're not ever behind the scenes as an AD, but some people are more public, and he's not anti-public like an I-course. So he's a guy that just kind of puts his head his, his head down, his nose to the grindstone, and, and just works. And I, I think that's great. You need a person that is going to be there, going to be hands-on, and will be able to mine the candy store, so to speak, with football. And you're going to have that with Trev Alberts. You had over 25 candidates. You had it narrowed down to eight final candidates. You had one interview when you listened to, to Teddy Ballgame talk. And Trev was the guy they chose on. Why did they pick Trev Alberts over other candidates? Why did they pick Trev Alberts over a, a Garrett Classy? Why did they pick Trev Alberts over presumed Ed Stewart? Why did they pick Trev Alberts over Garth Glissman? They picked Trev Alberts because of... 10 plus years in division one and getting a program to division one. And I know they don't have football, but there's enough backdrop with the linkage of, of Nebraska, a guy who gets football knows Nebraska football 
it, it made sense. It's a safe hire, and ultimately it's going to come down to getting the, the winds aligned with this ship that is football and moving in that direction. Yeah, and what I keep coming back to is, is I, I like the hire. I, I think he's going to be fine here, but I, I still come back to the, the way that Bill Moose left slash was forced out. It, it, does it not seem a little strange that Trev Alberts was the choice after that? I'm not, I'm not critiquing the choice at all, but whenever I sit back and look at it, I think Trev Alberts still would have been here in two years whenever Bill Moose's contract was up. Hmm. I mean, he, he said in the press conference today that Nebraska was his dream job and he, don't th- he didn't think he was going to leave UNL unless it was something like UNL coming calling. So was it that important to get Moose on the road? I mean, th- th- those are the two places I come back to. Is A, is it that important or did B, did they just fall in love with Trev that much? No, here's, here's the math, all right? And I'm a horrible math student. You can talk to any teacher. I was a try-hard guy. And somehow uh, I passed. Okay, <laughs> this comes down to, in my humble opinion, supervision of football, and that's not necessarily a, a knock on the assistants. They're coaching, they're recruiting, they're doing their thing. But you're going to have a guy who's going to be in the office. You're going to have a boss to answer to, to make people accountable, and he's not going in trying to blow things up for his own agenda, but you have to be accountable. We all have to be accountable to people we, we work for and we work with. You got to be. And right now, account, accountability is 12 and 20, right? It's wins and losses. And how do you look, right? What's, what's going on? How can we help fix football? Because... You got a talented young coach, head coach. You got a guy that preaches physicality. You see the lines of scrimmage that have gotten better and better. You've seen some development. You just got to see better special teams, not turning the football over, and um, and being better defensively, right? And, and we've seen the defense take steps. But when it comes to it, you've got, you've got Trev Alberts, who's – the athletic director, and Trev Alberts is going to have an eye on football, not to go blow it up or make changes for the sake of making changes, but he's going to be there for his head coach in good and bad times and help one another through it. And I believe that. I believe he's here to try and and help Scott Frost get through where Nebraska's at right now and get where Nebraska wants to be. And he'll be there making sure, okay, uh, this, this, and this was done. What, what, what was left undone, or what can be done better? It's, it, it can be healthy. I think it's going to be interesting to see the Alberts and Frost dynamic. And things were said pleasantly today about Trev's level of excitement working with Frost. Frost's statement is is very supportive, obviously, but ultimately it is trust, right? It's trust with Frost to to Trev and it's trust with with Trev DeFrost. Uh, More here from Trev Alberts today, his press conference. And, uh, you know, we're we're spending a lot of time talking about trust here. Uh, This is Trev here on where he needs to go. I think the most important thing that I've learned uh, in my leadership journey is the importance of trust. Most important thing, whether it's an athletic department 
um, whether it's a team, whether it's church, any business, any organization, it is built on trust and the importance of building that trust. And so within the next two or three years, I've got to earn the trust of our student athletes. That's really important. I always remind myself and everybody on the staff that nobody here would have a job if it wasn't for student athletes. They're our focus. And we're going to work every day to help them be successful, just like some in this room did for me for four years back in the early 90s. More from Trev Alberts here, the state of the football program. Certainly we, we haven't achieved at the level that, that we all hope to attain, right? But I believe strongly in Scott Frost's leadership and the coaches that we have in the staff. I, I am really looking forward to diving in with Scott. The first thing I got to do, and not just Scott, you know, Will and Fred and uh, Amy and every one of our coaches. That's why I talked about earning trust. Listen, you got to earn the trust and you got to dive in. I want to be helpful. I want to be helpful. I will never call a play. I don't tell coaches who to recruit. Uh, but I think bigger picture, some of the culture things, I think I can be helpful. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited uh, about the future of Husker football and the rest of our sports. You know, one thing that, that Trev Alberts has always done is he's had amazing talent, right? He's had amazing talent on the football field. He's had amazing talent in the classroom. He had high, high, high level talent to be one of the faces of college game day, right? At its peak. And, and one thing he's done is, is work hard. Things may look easy for him, but he's put the work in. He, he has put the amount. He's, he's practiced and partaken effort-wise in different adventures in his life, like somebody that, that's just trying to make the team, not a guy that's one of your top picks to be on the All-American team or a Butkus winner. So the hard work part, I think, will, will be fantastic. And, and that's the contrast, right? Bill Moose got results. Love Bill when he went out and got his big name hires. How much was Bill there? And, and how, dare I say it, how hard was Bill working? And how hard can you be working if you're not there? You got the opposite now. You got a hard worker with a high level of talent, more from Trev. You know, in my last 12 years, I've had just such a privilege to be able to watch businessmen and businesswomen leaders in our community, in our state, who have accomplished unbelievable things. They've built companies. They're changing the world. And each one of these leaders, as I've observed them, you know, have different characteristics. They have different attributes, right? They're all a little bit different. But there's one thing that every single one of them has, and they're extraordinarily hard workers. Nothing ever happens by happenstance. And so we have to be the hardest working athletic department in the country. That's something we can control. And I know that that's um, something that you all care about as well. Trev Alberts, your 14th AD, and I think uh, he'll live by what he talks about. Great press conference, super impressive, uh, genuine emotion. He gives a thousand percent about this university, and he says it time and time again, everything uh, that he has in this life, he, he owes to this football program. And he'll do everything in his power to make sure it returns to dominance, and you've got the pieces here to do it.
You just got to work together to navigate it. Um, Trev will have a take or two uh, as the boss, and he'll need to be receptive and open, and I think he will be with, with if and if and when there are some concerns Scott Frost has with where things are at right now. Have an open dialogue, work together, be better, and start challenging for, for, for more than you know three or four or five wins a season. And those that, again, are, are not Trev Albert's fans because you, you've never forgiven nor forgotten what happened with football and wrestling at UNO, it's totally your call. But if he turns football around here and, and helps Scott Frost make the next jump, I think you'll probably end up on the bandwagon. And, I mean, when you look at it, he made some hard decisions at UNO, but look how much UNO is thriving now. I look, look at the facilities that have been built. And I, you know what? Football and, and wrestling are near and dear. I get it. But it wasn't all his call. Mike Babcock's on the way with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we will dive in, reaction on the Trev Alberts hire. We're 35 minutes away from our sit-down with Trev Alberts, Nebraska's new AD. We welcome in Mike Babcock at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, good to spend some time with you. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Really surprised that uh, the announcement came today, but... Uh... You know, that was an interesting uh, discussion on the part of uh, Ronnie Green and uh, Carter about the, uh, you know, the only person they interviewed was uh, Trev. By law, right? So, (laughs) by law, here's the candidate, here's what the search firm says, here's what came across our desk when it came to, um, you know, vision statements. And listen, they had 25 candidates and then it was down to eight and everybody had to submit a vision statement and you, you have vision statements that can blow you away or some that'll be like, okay, well done, but uh, we're moving on. So this is who they circled. This is who they like. Mike, your impression of what you saw from Trev, your impression of what you know of Trev covering him like you have, and what's Nebraska potentially have. It's going to turn out to be, does basketball get better? Does football get better? Does he help coach up the coaches or does he provide them what they need to be, to, to reach levels yet uh, attained in the Big Ten. You've got some other sports that are rocking and rolling right now that you inherit. Yeah, no, I think he'll provide coaches with with what they need to be successful. And, uh, you know, I, his leadership to me is unquestioned. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a captain when he played at Nebraska. You know, he was an academic All-American in, in addition to being a unanimous All-American and a Buckus Award winner. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. You can put all that stuff from his playing career, top ten award winner. Um, you can put all that stuff in, a, you know, in, in a in a bag from his time at Nebraska. But you know, I think he's done. I think he did a great job at at Omaha University, UNO. Um, but I know that a lot of people are focusing on, you know, they got rid of the football program, they got rid of the wrestling program. You know, that's, that's not good, and I think that, you know, there are people that never forgave him for that. But but there were factors, there were reasons that he made that decision. It was a tough decision. It wasn't a whimsical one. 
And, it, you know, it's evidence to me of his willingness to make the tough decisions when they have to be made and his leadership ability. And that, I think that's what Nebraska's getting is, is somebody that's going to provide that leadership and, uh, you know, it, results. It, he's going to he's going to step up and he's going to take control of the department but again it's a team effort and uh, he'll be part of that team mike babcock's with us hail varsity magazine hailvarsity.com at md babs on twitter mike what does football need from their next ad well um leadership direction you know i, I felt like bill moose just kind of let things you know he he hired scott uh, Frost and you know he said there it is you know go go to it and uh, I think you've got to be more involved in it than that you know again I think it's a team effort I think it takes everybody to be successful and I think that uh, you know that's that includes the athletic director it includes the athletic director in all sports but you know everybody wants to focus on football obviously that's the thing that drives uh, Nebraska athletics to, to some degree and and uh you know, I think he's a good fit for that. But I don't think he's like tunnel vision. I don't think it's going to be all football. I think he's somebody that's going to be involved in, in all the sports. Uh, again, it's a team It's a team effort. It's a team involvement that's required by the, by the athletic director. Husker historian Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find him on Twitter, at MDBabs. And Mike, are you worried at all about his lack of experience as an athletic director at a, at a power five institution. I mean, I know he made some big decisions at the university of Nebraska Omaha, but that's not the university of Nebraska Lincoln. No, no, I agree that that's a good point, but uh, no, I don't, I'm not concerned about that. I think he has the character and, uh, and again, the leadership abilities. Uh, and the, you know, you guys talked about how hardworking uh, his approach is. Um, th- this is one thing that I remember of course, I remember things. I'm getting old enough that I don't remember them exactly right. But I remember telling, you know, Trev telling me once that, uh, you know, one of the things that really drove him at Nebraska was sitting in the study hall uh, beside uh, Gerald Armstrong, who was from Ponca, Nebraska. He was a walk-on tight end, and and Trev's, you know, Trev's a scholarship player, and he says, you know, I saw how hard this walk-on worked to be successful, and he was, um, you know, that that drove me. You know, it's like I'm not going to let a a walk-on come in here and outwork me. You know, I'm going to work just as hard as he does. And, you know, that to me characterized him. It it was his background. I mean, that's that's the way his family was. He he worked hard. Um, And uh, I think that's really important, and I think that'll be a, a characteristic that you'll see. Um, and again, you're going to see results. You're going to see leadership. Are you curious about the the Frost and Trev dynamic? And and I ask that because you know Scott's out of town, wasn't at the press conference, and I don't want to make a big deal out of that. John Cook wasn't there either, and you know it's not like they are are protesting or anything like that. I mean. Who knew this was coming down? Oh, great email. And I'm glad we got the email, but it's an email at 930 that be ready by 11, right? As as this search was ongoing, end of July was kind of the timeline. And long and short, do you think that they'll they'll be able to coexist and, and help one another, right? Scott needs to win ball games and wants to win ball games. Trev wants Nebraska to win football games. 
Meanwhile, Trev, uh, knowing how you know Husker football uh, thrived uh, because he was part of it, just like Scott was, can can be there as as a sounding board or you know do what a good boss does, and that that's helps helps out his employee. What 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 do you anticipate here moving forward? Well, I think you know I, again it, it's a team effort, and I think that the you know the coaches will will be involved to that extent. I think they'll you know they'll accept it. You know I hope they will because. As I keep, you know, I'm just being redundant here, but it's a team effort. It requires that, and I think that uh, I think Trev understands that. Um, you know, I I think Scott understands it. I I think certainly John Cook understands it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're going to be involved. Uh, the athletics going to be involved to the extent that you know is necessary for programs to be successful. Now, there's probably not a lot of, that needs to be done with volleyball. No, I mean, volleyball exactly. is, is kind of the model of, uh, you know, Nebraska is the model for other volleyball programs. There's no question about that. And uh, John Cook is, is responsible. And Terry Pettit, you know, had had a lot to do with that as well. Um, it's never just one person. And, uh, you know, that's that's why I keep emphasizing the importance of a team effort and involvement from everybody. Mike, let's switch gears. Uh, Frank Solich retiring uh, for health reasons after 16 years. What a remarkable run Frank had at Ohio. Tremendous work at Nebraska. Uh, what's your What's your thought here on on the day Solich hangs him up? Well, I for the best for Frank. You know, I, I'm being redundant here, but I didn't think that he should have been let go when he was. I think Steve Peterson made a mistake there. When he when he dumped Frank and and uh, you know I'm not saying that Nebraska would continue winning national championships or anything like that, but I think Nebraska would have remained nationally relevant. Um, something that's had you know that has just fallen off the map you know in those terms. But uh, you know I think Frank was a great coach, and, and again I don't say that Frank would still be coaching in Nebraska if they'd have kept him. But but I didn't think the timing was very good on that, and I you know I, that always bothered me um, with Frank. But he didn't have a lot of support, and and uh, um, that's the way it went. But I, I you know I was glad to see him be successful at Ohio. I, every opportunity I got to watch Ohio play, I, I did because I'm a big Frank guy. I thought he I thought he did a great job. It's tough, you know, following Tom Osborne. Tom always said that following Bob Devaney was tough. And Tom considered a couple other jobs. And, uh, you know, Frank stepped in there, uh, a difficult situation. Now you're following Bob and Tom. Um, How tough is that? That's extremely difficult. Um, Tom was probably one of the exceptions to to the rule of what happens to guys that follow coaches that have been extremely successful. Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Mike, we got about two minutes left here, so i got to get your take on Rob Childress making his return to Nebraska baseball. Oh. People were talking about it whenever Rob left Texas A&M, but it kind of seemed maybe like a pipe dream. But now it's, it's become real that Rob Childress is returning to Nebraska baseball. You know, Roger, that was a, that was, I was one of those people that's like when I heard that, now you know he's not going to come back here. And then when I saw that he was, I thought, holy, you know, gee, me Christmas. That's just uh, a great hire for uh, our Will Bolt. Will Bolt has just got that program going in such a positive direction, coming off of a very successful year. And, you know, we saw a couple of Huskers get drafted, and, and uh, you know, there's talent coming in. 
Um, I, I just think that Rob Childress is, was a great addition to the staff. And, uh, you know, the connections there, uh, it was tough to see him leave Nebraska, certainly. But, uh, um, man, I, you know, I thought Texas A&M made a mistake when they, when they uh, removed him. And, uh, boy, Nebraska was the beneficiary of that in, in so many ways. Babbers, thanks for your insight today. Appreciate your uh, time this afternoon and good stuff on, on Frank Solich and, of course, Trev Alberts and Coach Childress. We'll, we'll get caught up again next week, bud. Hey, great talking to you guys. You too. Appreciate it. Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, numbers to get in, a little bit of time to call at 466-377-6800-825-5865. Statements out, of course, by Scott Frost. A statement out by Commissioner Kevin Warren. And uh, the base salary is first reported by the World Herald for Trev Alberts is $800,000. So uh, it's not $1.25. What's that say? It's Artez. Okay, well, let's get Artez in here. This is uh, Roger Craig's brother. Artez, I got about 40 seconds, man. What's up? Hey, uh, real quick. I'm, I'm very happy with the hire. Um, quick story. Living in Iowa, I loved it when Trev Alberts, from Cedar Falls, Iowa, decided to be a Cornhusker. Hayden Fry wasn't happy. No, I, I don't think he was. And I think John Melton showed up and gave away Nebraska's <laughs> last scholarship to this, this Albert's kid can play. <laughs> the rest is history. Well, I know I only got about eight seconds. But anyway, hey, great hire, man. I hope uh, Big Red will be back soon. I can't wait. Hey, Artez, appreciate you tuning in, man. Thanks so much. No problem, brother. And hey, great internal clock there. No, I well, I mean, he... Artez, God bless him. He's uh, he's driving across the country, and uh, we'll hear from Trev next hour. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Excited to welcome in a mainstay of the Husker defense over the past couple years. Six-year senior defensive lineman Ben Stilley joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Ben, how you doing today? Good, how about you? Doing pretty well. This news about uh, 12 hours being hired has, uh, has kept us busy today. Uh, so right off the bat, I know we're going to get into your football camp here in a second, but do you, do you have any thoughts on the new AD? Uh, I really don't. Uh, no, a ton. Obviously, no. He um, was a form, former All-American here, great player. Um, but aside from that, I don't, I don't know much about him. So uh, I guess you're going to be building some relationships here over the next couple months as uh, you get to know your new athletic director. I mean, is that fair? How, how much interaction did you have with, uh, with Bill Moose on a day-to-day basis? Was that ever? Uh, I mean, you'd run into him every once in a while, but very, very minimal, I think. Well, that's the exciting news from today. But the exciting news on your end of things is the Stilly and Doman Youth Football Camp coming up here this Saturday. Uh, I just want to take you back a little bit here. Where did this idea come from, and why did you choose to do it with uh, another six-year senior in JoJo Doman? Yeah, um, I think the the idea was just pretty natural for both of us. Um, both of us really enjoyed just being around kids, interacting with kids. Um, and it was just a, uh, a natural thing for both of us. His, JoJo's parents have uh, also run youth camps before, um, so that helped having their background. Um, and really just JoJo and I 
uh, have grown together, grown, grown closer um, over the years, and especially this this past year off the field since uh, you know a lot of the a lot of our classmates are gone, and um, so we've really we've bonded over uh, being the last couple here, I guess. Talking with Husker defensive lineman Ben Stilley here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Ben, your camp's going to be open to kids age 7 uh, through 14. Uh, and that's a, a pretty big age range when you look at how much kids develop in that age group. So, so what do you have planned for uh, for each age of kids? Is, uh, is there going to be a difference between what you're giving to kids that are 7 years old and what you're giving to kids that are 14 years old? Yeah, for sure. Just from, uh, from an attention span standpoint um, and just um, – you know what we're able to do with them. The younger kids will be, um, you know, a lot less um, skill or a lot less, um, you know, technique focused and more um, just getting them playing, um, getting them moving around. Um, and then the the older kids will definitely get a little more technique um, involved with it, and then um they'll they'll get to play um some form of organized football um more so than the the younger kids now when i look at two guys running a a football camp there's obviously got to be a a lot more moving pieces in there involved so who else is going to be helping out as uh, you guys are working through this football camp here on saturday yeah i mean we have tons of help um aside from each of our family members um aside from you know friends of, of both parties um, we have probably about 15 guys committed right now that are um, from the team um, that'll be out there. They're helping out. Um, to name a few here: Casey Rogers, um, Feldarius Payne, Thomas Rodoni, um, Kate Wildeman, um, Marquis Step. Um, and that's a few that I got off the top of my head here. There's a handful more though. Got a few minutes here with Ben Stilley, Husker defensive lineman. And Ben, how excited are you for this camp? I mean, I've read some of your other interviews you've done recently, and I know you're a somewhat a small-town kid, so you probably didn't have a chance to do stuff like this growing up, being able to see you know current athletes uh, i know my experience from whenever i was growing up was it was you know nfl guys coming back uh and, and running football camps around the state or around the midwest so just w- what do you think this experience is going to mean for the kids who are going to be involved on saturday yeah that's uh, that's exactly right it was something there's an opportunity i didn't necessarily have come from a small town and now that i have the opportunity to to put it, put one on, and get back to you know um, the Lincoln area, the surrounding small towns, um, some Omaha kids as well. Um, definitely means a lot to me, um, and I know it'll mean a, mean a lot to them. Just being able to interact, um, interact with Husker players, you know, on a closer level, that'll be uh, it'll be good for them. Just to be able to. You know, not see us only on the TV, but um, in, in real life, and, and be more personal with them. Ben, I do have a few football questions for you, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to ask, for, for the parents that are out there listening, I, I'm 22 years old and have no kids. This is not something I, I can participate in. It's not something I can send my kids to go do. So, so what's your pitch to those, uh, those parents out there who are looking around, have nothing to do on Saturday, and, uh, and might want to send their kids to this? Is there, is there walk-up available for those parents, uh, or, or do they need to get pre-registered? And just what, what's your pitch to them? Yeah, so um, we'll be out at Speedway Sports Complex um, this Saturday, July 17th, um, on uh, the fields out there. Um, We have two fields set up. 
Um, we encourage everyone to, to register online at benstilly95.com slash camps. Um, you'll find the registration link there, um, more information there. It's $49 to register online, and then we do have walk-ups the day of, but it's $59. So um, just for our number's sake, we're encouraging everyone to do it online beforehand. Um, and, yeah, really really that's it. They'll, uh, we have our sponsors helping out with scholarships um, between Lincoln Orthopedic Physical Therapy um, and uh, Signal 88 Security and Mannheim Omaha. They're taking care of anyone that um, needs scholarships for the camp. Um, so there's a link on, on my uh, camp's page there. You can get in contact with me, and uh, we'll get you taken care of if you – one uh if you want to get set up with a scholarship um and then chick-fil-a is doing um an awesome job um helping provide shirts uh for all the kids providing uh food uh after the camp for all the kids um and yeah so looks to be a uh we're just gonna have a fun day um and uh hope everyone has a good time Ben, before we let you go, I, I got to ask you about your decision to come back for a sixth season. Uh, I'm sure that was a, a tough decision with the the strain that football puts on your body. Uh, so, just uh, really fast, what what brought you back for another season, uh, coming back and playing again for Nebraska? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it came down to um, just didn't sit right us us leaving on the note we did. Uh, I guess and, and the season that COVID was and and how it went. Um, just didn't sit right with a lot of the seniors and we wanted to come back, you know, and leave it in a better place, leave this organization in a better place than we found it. Last thought here, Ben, what are some goals that you, uh, you've set for the Husker defense uh, for this upcoming season? Yeah, it really just comes down to being more consistent um, and being as consistent as possible for us. Um, that's that's going to be the, the biggest thing for for us to be, go from being a good to a, to a great defense, and uh, I think we're definitely capable of it. Well, Ben, appreciate your time here. Uh, I let you get out of here. I know you've done a few of these over the past couple weeks, uh, but want to thank you for joining. And uh, what, what do you got going the, the rest of the day? Uh, it's our off day, so not not too much. Probably uh, some more organizational pieces with the camp um, and uh, some uh, taking care of some things that I've got going with my uh, my apparel and stuff on my website. So just uh, the just name, image, and likeness uh, grind. It never stops, does it? No, sir. <laughs> well, you enjoy that, Ben, and, uh, and have fun. Good luck at your camp on Saturday, right? Yeah, appreciate it. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to uh, Ben Stilley for sitting down with Elijah Herbal. We'll check in with JoJo Doman in about 45 minutes or so. Trev Alberts, the new athletic director, Husker standout with us. At 5.05 or a little bit after our one-on-one with Trev Alberts here on Hale Bar City Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder about moving. West Blue Realty is there for you. West Blue Realty, real estate professionals that uh, take care and specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They'll help you make this next move a smooth one. Think what your home is worth now. Maybe the time is now to sell. Maybe... You're still in search of that uh, that school district, or you're downsizing, or you want something bigger. 
hey, it could be out there for you. West Blue Realty there to make it happen for you. Two names to know, Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider. They're incredible. And when you mention Hale Varsity, can, uh, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Numbers to know, Tom Luby at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider, give Kelly a holler at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. And uh, don't uh, forget uh, to go visit them today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So about 10 minutes away from Trev Alberts joining us and uh, JoJo Doman next hour. Uh, So when you go yay or nay, you look at why things can work out for Trev Alberts. Is he tough? Yes or no? Yes. Is he smart? Yes or no? Yes. Is he fair? I'd say so. Does he love Nebraska? Yeah. Has he been uh, kind of thinking globally, big picture? How Do you have to as an AD, whether it's group of five, power five, or a school transitioning to division one? Yeah. Is he competitive? It's like, I like losing. No. All those things are key ingredients. And if you can say yes to, that's that's why this can work out. And Trev's a guy that is all about Nebraska. And he's the guy that, that won out. Search committee had eight names. The conclusion came to... Trev Alberts, this is the guy with the experience. And this is the guy that we think best fits Nebraska. Here's our, here's our recommendation, Ronnie. Here's our recommendation, Ted. Uh, do with it what you will. And there's your answer. Uh, the acceptance was last night. You had dinner Monday night. Probably Monday to, to Tuesday to mull it over, pull the trigger, contract signed today, press conference at 11, some things he's going to finish up and dot some I's, cross some T's when it comes to uh, work left to do at UNO, right? So why did Nebraska go with Trev Alberts? They needed and wanted someone with strong UNL ties from a highly competitive field. You want somebody that has experience in the college sector and you need somebody that gets Nebraska and has strong football tradition. Those are all yeses for Trev Alberts. He's your new AD. He's up next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. lottery no do that one more time i thought we we're going right into the interview no no we've got um, a few minutes right 
I thought we were. I thought we were doing this completely backwards. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, we're good. We're good. We got do, do, do you want to tease the people with the the, the Trev Alberts one on one? Well, I, I thought we were going right into it. I was. Uh, uh, it's your show. By no, all no, means. no, 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 no. That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're good. We'll get to Trev in a minute. That was a horrible. I got it. You take it up. Oh, the uh, the pop fly just landed between third and short. Yeah, we pulled an Arkansas in the College World Series. Coach is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear from Trev Alberts. Had a chance to sit down with him this afternoon. Uh, thanks to him. Uh, for for giving a few minutes, and we've talked to Trev over the years when he got to the College Football Hall of Fame uh, with uh, with uh, some other accolades uh, with Nebraska football, and of course our uh, COVID inspired YouTube Tuesdays where we talked about the uh, the '93 UCLA game with Trev. But a couple of thoughts: one, let's let's go back to to Trev Alberts on Scott Frost. Uh, with the hire in, back in 2018 because this is his coach now and uh, Nebraska football wants to make some strides. I'll be interested to, to hear more from Scott Frost next, uh, next Thursday in Indianapolis in person at Media Days on, on the hiring of Trev Albers. But here is Trev on Scott. Championships don't happen. Wins don't just happen. Uh, there was such a significant investment, not just by the football coaches, but by everybody. Um, you know, the reality is, is the secretary was equally as important. Everybody had a role to play. And it was a clearly defined role, clearly communicated, and uh, you were held accountable to that role. And anybody who was unable or unwilling, uh, we found a new place for you. And, uh, and without that singular focus and unity of purpose, it doesn't happen. So Scott lived it. He understands it. And, and certainly, you know, Scott's going to have different approaches in certain areas. That's natural. He's not going to do everything the same way that maybe Coach Osborne or Coach Devaney did. Uh, he has to be his own person, but I think he understands the core principles that make Nebraska Nebraska, uh, and it's been a long time since we've had that. You know, that is so right on, because Scott Frost talked about unity of purpose in 2018. Trev Alberts talked about it in 2018. Trev Alberts talked about unity of purpose a lot, and teamwork. And everybody's important. It's nice to say you know, Schmidt, you're really important to the dodgeball team. You take all the ammo from everybody. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, you know, I think I think Trev believes that. Uh, Charlie McBride with this Monday. We were talking about the anticipated announcement of Trev Alberts, and Charlie has coached a lot of greats, and Trev's one of them. I don't have to tell you what kind of a football player he was. I mean, he was as good as there we ever had. I mean, it, you know, as far as that goes. But as far as you know, as a person goes, and a guy that's smart, uh, you know, and he gets along well with people, um, you know, and he he took he took when he went there. It was a little tough going for him, and he weathered the storm and. Uh, with dropping football mm-hmm. and going in and and uh, and attacking hockey like he did, and uh, you know I think that that all worked out for him. I think you know it's a hockey's a big thing up there, and and he's done done great with it. Um, you know, and I he's run a good program. I know that there's some, you know, I know David Noonan and some of those people that were weight coaches up there. You know, said good things about him always and. He's a guy that was a um, people person, 
he's um, you know he's he's in touch with everybody, and he's he's done a great job as far as promoting um, athletics in in the Omaha area, mm-hmm. and so it uh, you know he. He's just the kind of people, you know, he did a lot of TV stuff, you know, before with ESPN. He's got a good background as far as, you know, communication. And I think, you know, when you're an athletic director, that is huge. So, Charlotte McBride weighed in way back in 2018. Trev Alberts on Scott Frost. Let's hear our sit-down with Scott Fr- uh, with uh, Trev Alberts uh, right now here on Hale Varsity. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at Memorial Stadium, New Nebraska. Athletic Director Trev Alberts is with us. And Trev, how's that sound? Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's extraordinarily exciting for, for me and our family, and but also humbling. Um, the reality of the responsibility of this job is very real, and I don't take that lightly. Uh, but I'm, uh, again, just really, really humbled by the, the confidence that uh, Chancellor Green and President Carter have, have placed in, in me, but really, it's you know, it's not about me. It's about our team, and and together we're going to work really hard to, you know, have the values that uh, represent Nebraska and and uh, that that programs that uh, our fans and donors and others are, are really really proud of. Trev, you've always been pretty humble, and where did that come from? You see guys with your success level in your career. Some guys get a big head. You've always stayed pretty humble. Where where did you learn that? How did you come about that? Well, uh, I have a wife of 25 years. <laughs> Her name's Angela. Home. Uh, home. Uh, and uh, three amazing children who I guarantee you are making a lot of fun of me for uh, uh, crying or almost crying during the press conference. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, um, the reality is, um, um, you know, I think you learned those values here. You know, I, I grew up in the Midwest and, and uh you know, I mean, none of the success that you have individually is because of you. It's people who are willing to invest in you. And, um, you know, and I, I, I learned a lot from watching Tom Osborne and, um, you know, um, his leadership style and his authenticity as a, as a person. And so um, I got a long ways to go in that area, but I got plenty of people uh, making sure that uh, uh, we, we stay grounded. Trev Alberts with us here on Hale Varsity. Was this tough for you? I mean, the opportunity is awesome, but you've, you've built quite a bit. Do you know where you were? Yeah, it was. And I said that at the press conference. Um, uh, this is the only job that I would have left UNO for. Um, we, um, we had a pretty tight staff, you know, and, and a great, great group and accomplished a lot together. Um, but, you know, this is my alma mater. Um, but I loved, I, you know, I just wanted to work for the University of Nebraska. And so those 12 years, I mean, um, you know, while it wasn't in Lincoln, I mean, I worked for the University of Nebraska. And I was really honored and privileged to get to do that. So, um, yeah, I... I uh, I, uh, I just, uh, again, think, um, think it's a tremendous opportunity, um, an opportunity to work with some really talented people, and, and uh, just really honored to, to get to be the athletic director here. You were interviewed. Uh, you kind of laid out four key points during your, your press conference today about um, what's important to you when it came to a couple of key questions. Ronnie Green asked you, did you – lean on anybody did you seek advice when offered this position 
Uh, well, I was only offered the position last night, so I, I didn't have a lot of time to. Uh, but I, you know, I had reached out to. Um, I had quite a few donors and corporate sponsors and friends that uh, were pushing me hard to, to get involved, and uh, thought that um, this was the right time. And uh, you know, my life and our personal family experience was a little bit different, so uh, the timing was was right. But um, you know, I, I, as I said in the press conference, what really motivated me was uh, not only the leadership that exists here, but when I saw the um, the search committee put together the attributes that they felt was important. It was easy for me because that's what I believe, and I thought there was alignment. So everything in life is about fit, right? I mean, if you know if they're looking for and that's not the right fit, then then you're doomed to fail. Um, and so what was really important, and I think that's why the search committee work is so important, is that they very clearly are able to articulate what the expectations are of of, of leadership. So there's no there's no uh, confusion or questions. This is what we expect. And when I saw that, that that really motivated me to aggressively compete uh, to try to win the, the opportunity. Let's talk uh, about football. You know it well. Trev Albert's with us. When you look at, at where Nebraska where they're at and where they want to go and the current landscape of, of what Big Ten football is, you know, what's your view on that dynamic right now and, and how close do you think Nebraska football is? Well, it's, you know, I, mean, we, I haven't spent a whole lot of time. Uh, uh, I've been watching from afar. Obviously, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Scott's and a fan of our, of our staff. But, um, you know, clearly, I mean, uh, we got work to do. Um, you're talking about, you know, one of the premier conferences uh, in America. Um, you're talking about aspirant uh, institutions, uh, academically and others, uh, who uh, also give out scholarships and have a vision and significant resources. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I think the Big Ten needs Nebraska to be successful. I think, you know, Nebraska needs the Big Ten to be successful, right? I mean, I think we need to do our part. Uh, we need to earn it. Uh, Nebraska's not entitled to success. Just because we've had success in the past doesn't mean it's guaranteed in the future. Um, there's an awful lot of hard work and effort, consistency that went into creating previous success. Um, so we got to get back to that. Um, but I, you know, uh, we'll do our part. We'll keep getting better. And I think, you know, we need to just focus on those fundamental things rather than how many wins or this or that. The fundamental things about what ultimately leads to the outcomes that you desire, which are wins and losses. I mean, you know, it's small incremental process. Just holding yourself accountable. Um, and uh, eventually, if you keep doing the right thing over and over and over again, it'll break for you and good things will happen. Your experience um, on the football team as a captain, as an All-American, as one of the greats to play here, what were you able to take from, from that day-to-day -day process to, to now when it comes to administration and now as athletic director? How does, how does that transport? Well, I mean, I, in, in, in our experience in watching Coach, and, you know, I mean, there was a level of um, – Security. I mean, you know, being comfortable in who we were. There was transparency. Um, there was very open, honest um, communication internally and externally. Um, I think today about how different it is. I remember when Coach Osmond would walk off, and I understand why you have to do this, but walk off the practice field. Yeah, it looks like Clinton Childs uh, sprained his ankle. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. You know, it's different now, right? Um, and I understand that. But I, I think, um, you know, I just think some of those lessons about um, – you know, we had tough days, too. 
you know, and staying unified through the tough stuff. Um, you know, I mean, I there's a there's a quote that I love, and it happens to be by a, uh, an Admiral Stockdale, um, and it was basically like never never lose faith that ultimately you'll prevail in the end, but you have to d- have the discipline to confront the brutal realities of your current position. So he's a prisoner of war. The reality is, I think sometimes um, we need to have the courage to confront the brutal realities of where we currently reside in administration and every one of our programs, and then have the courage to um, execute and, and, and work to fix things. We won't always be right, um, but I think you know th- those were the kinds of things that Nebraska was willing to do. Nebraska was always an innovator. I believe they still are. But thinking outside the box, being willing to take calculated risks, um, you know, including other people. I mean, creatively coming up with solutions. And I think we, we have some of those opportunities now with what's changing at the national landscape. We'll need everybody now more than ever before. <laughs> and uh, I think we're, we're poised to do that well. Trev Alberts with us. Trev, last thought. Thanks so much for, for a few minutes. When it comes to, to leadership and communication, um, those are those are two well, leadership and, and the communication aspect of, of being a leader. That's so key. And how how effective of a communicator are you? And and when it comes to your staff all pulling the rope the same direction, have you seen that continue to grow through your experience as a as a as a AD at, at UNO and now that opportunity here in Lincoln with some new faces and some old faces? Well, certainly uh, uh, you're always learning. Um, you never have all the answers, right? Um, and you're always growing. Uh, I, I hope to think that I'm a, a lot better leader today than I was in 2009. I certainly hope that four years from now I'm a better leader than I am today. Because I think there's a lot of people I can learn from stuff from uh, in the department as well. And so, you know, I, I, I think that, um, again, I, I keep going back to trust. But when, when people have a level of trust uh, and they know, uh, I want people to have enough trust that they have autonomy and decision making that they can go out and make a difference, right? Uh, I'm not a micromanager. Uh, I want people uh, that are experts in individual areas, and uh, we want to empower those people to go. You know, and if I don't care who you are, um, if if you have an idea that can make us better, they ought to have the opportunity to come and express that, and we'll dive in and examine it. So, you know, I I just think leadership just because. Uh, Leadership's not about bossing people around. It's about inspiring people to dream to do something bigger than they thought they could do. Mm-hmm. That's what Coach Osborne did for us. We, we, we attempted the absurd. Why would Nebraska? Nebraska is going to win a national championship. But he inspired not just football players. He inspired the rest of the athletic department to dream even bigger. And I think that's part of what leadership is as well. Um, it's not bossing people around. And by the way, um, just because you have a title doesn't mean you're really the athletic director. You have to earn that. You have to earn people willing to follow your leadership. And that's on me. Trev, thanks so much for the time. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Trev Alberts, our sit-down. This was after the the well the, the presser so we got to sit down get reconnected we stayed away from uh, JJ Stokes and the uh, the 14 to 13 Nebraska win in that magical 1993 season this was about the day the day being Trev Alberts your new athletic director good stuff from Trev awesome to have him give us a few minutes with Hale Varsity Radio Jojo Doman's on the way we'll talk about a new recruit next
And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Five minutes, uh, we'll check in with JoJo Doman, Husker standout, six-year senior, part of that defense. He has been getting a lot of love from Pro Football Focus and projections when it comes to studs in the uh, Big Ten this year. So, JoJo, shortly, you just heard from Trev Alberts, our one-on-one with Trev. That was a lot of fun. Mike Babcock earlier, also Ben Stilley. So, we'll get caught up here with Stilley and Doman, their youth football camp here on Saturday at Speedway Sports Park. Uh, JoJo shortly, but good news for Nebraska football. Hayden Schwartz, defensive line uh, depth added another piece here for 2022. And uh, he's one of the top programs in Florida is where Schwartz plays ball. He committed today. We'll effort uh, getting Schwartzy on here in the next couple of days. But he's 6'4", he's 250, three-star prospect. And it kind of came down to the Nebraska and Michigan in June. Um, the Wolverines got a defensive end commit July 5th, which made it more likely that Nebraska's spot for Schwartz was there. But let's talk peer recruiting and comparison. Uh, whoever uh, Pat Fitzgerald brings into the program on his line of scrimmage, offense or defense, that's a dude you want, right? Well, Northwestern was in hot pursuit. North Carolina State was there. Boston College. And uh, you had many more programs offering here, but... Over two years at the Bowles School in Jacksonville. And you got uh, Mac uh, Jones is where, that's where Mac went to high school. Schwartz is 112 tackles, 20 for a loss, 12 sacks. And uh, his team went deep into the uh, 4A playoff for Florida. So with Schwartz, he played defensive end in that 4-3 and in a 3-4 front. And when we talk occasional nose tackle, there's, there's some film of him doing that. Yeah, think of who we just talked to. Think of who Elijah just spoke with an hour ago, Ben Stilley, on those third down pass rush packages. What do you see Stilley do? He's your outside guy that you move in and you let him try and shoot through and collapse that pocket from the inside. He's not one of those big uh, Bosa boys that are coming off the edge that offensive tackles sweat about, Elijah. Well, and there's there's something completely different about a guy like you know Stilly coming inside and, and doing a pass rush move on an offensive guard from what an offensive guard is used to those big inside power guys coming in and bull rushing you as opposed to uh, an outside guy coming in and trying to use some of those uh those quick out or the the quick uh, speed step moves you know what I'm talking about where you're getting around it and beating the edge and being quick as opposed to just being overly physical mm-hmm. so it it is a a big difference between those two and it's it's special whenever you have someone who can do both a little bit more news here on Schwartz. He had his official visit to Missouri, or if you like to think Old Big 8, Missouri. Uh, He had 25 uh, total Power 5 scholarships. Uh, We we mentioned that Northwestern was there. Coach Matt Campbell liked him. Iowa State was interested. The U also offered him Stanford, Mississippi State. The Pirate was in on him. Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, several others. And you've got a couple of Jacksonville slash Orlando kids. You've got Victor Victor Jones, the wideout, and, of course, Schwartz. So Schwartz is one of these guys who doesn't guess a lot. He knows what he's doing. There's decisiveness, which is good. He's very physical, which you love. And the uh, the fact of the matter is you can't ever have enough solid defensive 
ability. And to be able to get another guy on that line is pretty big time. So let's look at what Nebraska has. Defensive end, linebacker, hybrid, possibly, because you got Schwartz at, at 6'4", 250, right? So if he stays at that weight and that size and can move, he can be uh, you know, one of those Wisconsin-type outside linebackers that is great against the run and gets after the quarterback. Uh, Applegate, outside linebacker, stud out of Southeast. You've got uh, Big E out of Columbus. Houseman is doing work as well. So Nebraska getting a guy they uh, they really like, and Nebraska beating out some named schools, Northwestern, Stanford, Miami, Michigan, Missouri, for this get. So pretty impressive. Uh, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Numbers to get in uh, on the show today. We'll have all the all the, the interviews posted. Mike Babcock, um, of course, Ben Stilley. Good stuff. Uh, our one-on-one with Trev Alberts. All of that's posted. Uh, Going to be posted. ESPNLincoln.com. The I, on-demand. I believe it's all posted now. Okay. On the on-demand section is where you go for that on ESPNLincoln.com. On Twitter at ESPN Lincoln, and uh, for sure get the podcast and give us a review. A good, bad, or ugly. Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play uh, is where you go. So some intrigue here with uh, with Nebraska. You have uh, plenty of accolades here, uh, and also some some not so fun reaction, Elijah, with uh, with with some Nebraska fans or just football reaction in general on on trev you've got some nebraska fans that get it are are optimistic they're they're wonderful and then there's others that are still not forgetting nor forgiving how things went down with football how things went down with wrestling at uno well to me it seems like some husker fan just aren't doing their research here they're listening to the wrong people i mean i've seen some comments from some national pundits saying oh is Nebraska just making another move trying to relive the glory 90 years and that's not it at all if that's what you think Nebraska is doing here by bringing back Trev Alberts is oh bringing back another player from the glory years because they get it that's not it at all Trev Alberts got this job because he has the qualifications for it he has done great things at UNO you can say what you will about him cutting the football program and cutting the wrestling program but he did what was needed to be done to be able to get UNO as a whole up to division one which is much more stable footing for UNO as a whole I mean we, we talked about Bill Moose saying he set a foundation for success for UNL after he left. Well, that's exactly what Trev Alberts has done at UNO. Um, by being in Division I, uh, by getting them new facilities, he, he has set a foundation for continued success at UNO. Uh, and he's also built up programs that were bad whenever he got there. He built them to good, and he, and he took good programs and made them great. When you look at... Uh, how good the hockey team is, how he's built up the the men's basketball program, uh, the baseball team with a new stadium. Uh, he, he's done great things at UNO, and uh, the fact that he was 45 minutes away from Lincoln is not uh, – this is not Nebraska going convenience here. This is not Nebraska going, ah, yes, a guy from the 90s who's nice and close to home. They, they just found a, a good candidate who happened to be 90 minutes away and, oh – or 45 minutes away, excuse me. And, oh, let's not forget, he, he happened to play here in the 90s and actually cares. It's It's not a – they're going after a guy because he's from the 90s. No, I mean, the, the Nebraska understanding is important, but above all, you've got to get a guy that can come in, do the job, do the job well, and make sure everyone else is doing their job. Is this going to be a situation where uh, you got to be 
hands-on or is it something that you can just kind of bounce ideas off of one another? Uh, so that's, uh, that's where we're at. We'll see where things go. As uh, Trev Alberts, your 14th uh, athletic director uh, at uh, Nebraska. We may or may not have JoJo Doman. We're, uh, we're efforting that. We are on a tight timeline to, to do so. But it's uh, interesting. Okay, let's, let's get to the phone call. All right, let's do that. And we'll see if there's another phone call that follows here. Ross, you're with us. Go ahead. Hey, it's Russ, R-U-S-S. Russ, thanks, brother. <laughs> thanks for calling. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener. Um, just want to say that initially I was looking for Ed Stewart to be the guy. was hoping for him. But after uh, watching uh, Trev's press conference, um, and I know we have to be you know, cautiously optimistic because if you win the press conference, doesn't mean you're going to get it done outwardly right so <clears throat> just basically want to say with uh trev alberts uh leading the program now and watching the press conference i feel very good about him and maybe if eddie stewart can get moved up into the big 12 hierarchy uh doesn't sound like he's too far away maybe we have a future in the big 12 down the road um i know that's uh, a long a little bit of a stretch right now russ but, let me ask uh, you this and listen i know it'd be fun to be back in the big 12 but you've been recruiting to the big 10 uh for the last well at least six years right five six seven years i think that ship has sailed because of what uh, type of tv money's coming in compared to the Big 12, but you're, you're right. I mean, I was intrigued uh, with Lars's tweet about Ed Stewart as well, but here's, here's the reality. The reality is this. Ed Stewart's going to probably be your next commissioner of the Big 12. There you go. So, uh, Ed Stewart, God love him. He is in a great spot in the Big 12, and he could be your next commissioner. Uh, this is really nice for, for Trev Alberts. JoJo Doman's with us. JoJo, we are... We have uh, about three minutes till we got to go to break. Thanks for calling. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Good, man. Tell us about Saturday. What's going on? Saturday uh, from 8.30 to 11 at Speedway Sports Complex, Dilly and I are going to be hosting a youth football camp, 7 to 14, boys and girls. Uh, Chick-fil-A will be there giving out sandwiches afterwards. We've got T-shirts for everybody. We're looking to have some fun and throw some footballs around. Who eats more chicken, you or Ben? Me, really? Don't let the size fool you. Do not let his size fool you. Well, I know he's 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 a he's a big old dirty defensive lineman. I get it, but man, good for you calling your shot that you're going to out uh, uh, out, out uh, chicken breast him. I, that's impressive. Only, only because only because I love it more. No, I get it. JoJo <laughs> Doman's with us, his youth camp. JoJo, this is awesome that you're giving back. You're paying it forward. You and Ben are, and I know you grew up doing camps, so it's it's special to you. But, you know, what do you want to kind of pay forward as far as that, that you know, group or one-on-one um, uh, time, that, that individual time you get with the kids? What are they going to be able to experience with you guys? Absolutely. I mean, as a kid going to these camps, I always looked up to the, the NFL players that – that volunteer their time to be there. Um, and what it did for me was kind of bridge the gap between me and these superheroes that I made out. I made these guys out to be superheroes in my life. So just to have these, uh, these intimate interactions with, with, with kids in the community, 
and just show them that I'm that we are no different, that we are one and the same, and that if you if you first of all grow, <laughs> and second of all put your mind to it, um, anything's possible, and whatever you set yourself out to achieve in life is more than more than possible for you. Jojo, I got a minute less than. Uh, we'll we'll do this again, but. Uh, as we look towards the season, what, what's your what's your excitement level? What are you most excited about with this uh, 2021 Blackshirt crew? I'm so excited because of the men in our locker room. Um, we we're on we're on the we're on the same path, same mission, um, collective consciousness. Just really really excited to go to work with these fellas, lay my body out on the line for this for this school and for this program, and just take it one game at a time and stack them up and see where we stand at the end. JoJo, what's the website for folks to get signed up? BenStilly95 slash camp. All right, JoJo, thanks for jumping in on us, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taught pre-teen Swedish boy. Back into it at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Dr. Ben, how's your, your Wednesday going? Thanks for the time. Absolutely doing good, Chris. Yourself? Doing all right. I'm doing better than Connor McGregor. Man, uh, what a... <laughs> What a what a, what a circus it was Saturday night. Not the biggest uh, UFC guy, but uh, couldn't couldn't avoid it on social media. As uh, McGregor earlier this week, of course, having a three and a half hour surgery in L.A., having a rod put in. Doctor Ben, let's talk about the injury with with Conor McGregor and just where the fracture happened. What what do you make of of the injury and the recovery? So sometimes the injury itself, when you see these on TV, look worse than almost the recovery can be. Because if you watch back through that video, it it looks terrible. Um, He obviously broke it enough to where both the fibula and the tibia displaced. You know, when he walked walked back to try and step on that leg, and you could see that it was essentially at a right angle. Um, And so it's a very, very gruesome type of injury to see on TV. You know, and and it was, and McGregor's... They're kind of sitting down, and there's Joe Rogan arm around him, interviewing him. You know, after the after the the, the medical stoppage. But how how does uh, your tibia fracture like that? And the the way I have I've kind of had it explained is with with the the attempted kick, you had a block uh, by by Poirier, and and then the elbow hitting a part of the shin, and then when you put your weight back down on the leg that's when it kind of crumbled. Is that fair to say? Well, I think so. There's been a lot of speculation looking back through the videos when is actually, or when is Tibby actually broke. And it's probably a combo of the two. I think you're exactly right. But it's got to be a perfect, perfect scenario because most normal people that are fighters or healthy young athletes are not breaking their tibias like that. So whether he had a weak area or just hit him just perfectly with the right vector and force, um, it certainly was enough to, to shatter his tibia and then what it sounds like his fibula as well. And so it was probably one of those things where it was just a perfect storm for timing and force right on the tibia. When we talk about ultimate fighting and just the the, the wear and tear with with uh, kicking and punching and, and there's not 
you know, there's no pads, right? You have minimal uh, gloves, but it, it's 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 intense. <laughs> so it is uh, it is something that's that's dangerous, and you have uh, horrific injuries. And when we talk about Conor McGregor uh, in, in his future, let's just talk about his health here and recovery, and 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 what's next for him with this rod. And, and maybe fighting again someday. Yeah, so I think from what it sounds like, they were able to put a rod down the tibia um, and then also put a plate and screws on the side of the fibula, which is your bone on the outside. Um, so a rod in the shin bone. And so, you know, when you're able to fix a fracture like that, it's it's actually more of a good sign than having to put plates and screws on the shin bone because it means that it actually didn't go down into the joint, which can cause more long-term issues with arthritis and pain and walking and running and so he technically fractured kind of the long bone of the shin and so those oftentimes will heal fantastic um you know the rehab is still going to be you know it's going to be a difficult rehab for him he's going to be non-weight bearing it sounds for six weeks and then he's going to gradually start bearing weight on it once the fracture is healed um but the goal is in an injury like this when you put the rod down that he's going to hopefully make somewhat of a full recovery um, you don't know that for sure because we we don't have access to the x-rays and know exactly where he broke. But as long as it didn't go into the joint, the hope is that he has much more of a predictable recovery than if he had had it through the joint. When it comes to that recovery, uh, what's, what's the timeline here? What are some obstacles anytime you have a rod or, or some sort of uh, implement put in? I, I would assume that it is... Well, it's a, a pretty tedious on your guys's end, even though you, you, you're great at it. But B, just the the healing part. I mean, can things get a little bit uh, more sticky, so to speak, if you have to do rods or plates or screws, things like that? Yeah, anytime you put hardware in the body that is not natural, there's always things that are concerning. You know, most of the time it goes flawless. People get back to activities over the course of three to six months and are and are doing fantastic. However, once you put those foreign objects in the body, bad things can happen. You can get infection. You know, worst case scenario, you can actually have the fracture, even though you make it perfect and it looks good on x-ray, it still cannot heal, which would require a second surgery to go back in and fix it again. You can certainly be in situations, I'm sure he will be compliant, but if he's not compliant or gets back to activities too quickly or walks on it, the plates and screws can break. And so, there's so many variables once you start putting in foreign objects to fix body parts that he's really going to have to be careful for these first six weeks and listen to what all the doctor's orders are and, and really follow it to a T. And that, you know, I think he will, um, but those are just things to be aware of that if you don't, bad things can happen. We're talking about Conor McGregor, his injury, Dr. Ben Woodhead with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Uh, what is the... Uh, I don't know anyone who's had this, maybe, and you've treated folks, obviously, but from a pain standpoint, I mean, that that looked excruciating with, with the break, obviously, where your foot's going the wrong way, and then you, you get a splint put on it, and then, you know, 24, 48 hours later, you have surgery. Is that about as painful as it gets? And, and there's been other injuries, I think Alex Smith, uh, Joe Theismann, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is this injury and breakage in that same family. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I would, you know, I haven't had this injury myself, but treated a lot of people with it. I do think it's most painful 
um, initially and when those bones are unstable, it's because that micro motion or, or macro motion, whatever you want to call it, that causes the pain and, and the fibers in the body to hurt. So once it gets stabilized with the rod um, and then the plates and the screws, the bone is much more stable. You're still going to have surgical pain, which that's what he's recovering from now. Um, but theoretically, he should be in less pain now. And, you know, it's surgical pain that he's going to try and master over the course of the next six to 12 weeks. Connor McGregor is our topic. His injury on Saturday at Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Dr. Ben, let's, uh, let's get into recovery here. And uh, specifically, you know, with with Connor, is there a, a likelihood of re-injuring this this again, despite uh, the, the medical intervention? You know, as long as he does a good job of waiting for this thing to heal, um, odds are not that he will break the tibia again because he'll actually be stronger than it was before because he'll have the rod inside the tibia that's actually holding it as it heals. Um, there's certainly situations where the rod doesn't extend down all the way down to the ankle joint or all the way up to the knee joint so you can break above or below that metal portion um but you know as long as this heals it should be stronger stronger than it was before his biggest thing is getting past the mental hurdle of the pain and and the weakness and the recovery that's going to be his hardest um, factor in getting back to his performance level from a training standpoint, uh, it'll take some time to get things recalibrated uh, strength-wise, but we'll see what's next for Conor McGregor as he tries to get back at it. It's Ben Woodhead with us here, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a Jock Doc Wednesday here with Hale Varsity. Dr. Ben, thanks for the insight. Thanks for the, the time today. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great day. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Many thanks to Trev Alberts for Joining us, big thanks to Mike Babcock, Ben Stilley, Jojo Doman, all three minutes of him. And, uh, of course, our jock doc. Tomorrow we are at Haymarket Park, which is nice. Junior's uh, baseball team has a doubleheader, which is great. We'll see uh, see how that rolls. So we'll be on site at Haymarket tomorrow, uh, road show Thursday. We'll check in with Steve Warren from the Warren Academy. Uh, some other things up our sleeve, probably a Brandon Vogel sighting. Uh, we'll check in with Danny Burke. And uh, Jimmy Burrow going to be with us. Joe Burrow's papa, but Jimmy, a longtime defensive coordinator for Frank Solich in Ohio. We didn't have a whole lot of time on, on Frank today. I mean, Babbers was great, but Frank, you know, retiring is, is no small feat. An incredible uh, number of wins. I uh, always enjoyed watching Frank's teams here and in, in Ohio. And uh, job well done for the 77-year-old uh, head football coach uh, for Ohio. Reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, 466-377-6800, 825-5865. Numbers to get in 
uh, is how that works out. So busy show tomorrow, uh, getting into the uh, the end of the week. So we're kind of just now calming down, getting our arms around the whirlwind day uh, with your new athletic director in Trev Alberts. But uh, a lot's been said, some positive, some negative, and now you've got the weekend and then you, you move full force in to the college football season because fan day's coming up here on the, the, what, the 29th? Is that right? The Thursday? Um, practice and camp will get rolling. And then you are a month out from the opener against Illinois. 45 days. The old Makovica number. 45 days till college football's here. We have NBA tonight. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's Wednesday, isn't it? It is Wednesday. Oh, so we need to do we we just take in a beer bet. Do you have the line? I don't, because my phone's about ready to say uncle. Let me let me find it real quick before we get out of here. I would say Milwaukee's probably favored here by about four. Do you get it? Oh, let's see. Uh, currently, we have a Milwaukee as a four and a half point favorite. Ah. So what is Elijah Herbal down two to one in the stake in the beer bet? You want me to pick or are you going? Well, let's see. I'm one and zero in picking Milwaukee, and I'm and, and you're zero and two in you've picking Phoenix. You've lost two in a row. You're about to get swept, dude. Zero and two in picking Phoenix. Uh, so if I was a smart man, I'd pick Milwaukee, but I'm not a smart man, so I'm going Phoenix again. Do you want the points? I want the points. Four give, and a half. Give me Phoenix. Uh, you let me that. know who's covering Giannis. Jay that's Crowder. worked out well the last two <laughs> games, and he has bully balled his way in. So yes, it is uh, Milwaukee. It is Phoenix. But Scott Foster is in the ref tonight. That that's why Scott Frost, Foster said, "Okay, forty and ten. I'm going to help out with that." We'll talk to you tomorrow from Haymarket with Hale Varsity.